1: This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you, the listener. Thank you so much, including Philip Shane, Paul Boyer, and Brad. Coming up on DTNS, TikTok is affecting the food on restaurant menus. Gotta look good in those videos. Plus, how Netflix streaming is tanking the yen, and what Apple can learn from the New York public school system, besides math. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, May 19th, 2023, in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm
2: Rob Dunwood.
3: Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, Ohio, I'm Len Peralta,
4: and I'm the show's producer, Roger Chen.
3: Oh, folks, we got we got food.
1: Uh, we, we've got Apple, um, that which is also a food, but we mean the company. Uh, so let's start right on in with the quick hits. Some folks who use Android or even Google Voice uh, have complained of a strange bug that's breaking their messaging threads with iPhone users. Somewhere between Android and iOS, A plus sign is being added to the Android user's phone number. Now, if you didn't know this, a plus sign usually indicates an international number. So the plus says, ah, the next number is the international code, plus 44, for example. So when that happens, it can often break threads because iMessage thinks, oh, well, this is a new number. It's an international number. This is a new sender. I should put it in its own thread. It also causes suspicion for some users when they see what looks like an international number attached to an A message from a domestic friend the problem has happened at the same time as the release of ios 16.5 but that's merely correlation at this point mac rumors notes that many of the reports are coming from at&t users but also that's anecdotal resetting network settings does seem to fix it for some folks and adding a plus one if you're in the u.s to the beginning of your number will avoid the problem as well because you already put the plus in
2: The Wall Street Journal sources say Samsung suspended its internal review to explore replacing Google with Bing as the default search engine on mobile devices. The company reportedly had concerns over how the switch would be seen by the market, as well as how it would impact business relationships with Google.
1: FX Technology is selling a screen replacement for Steam Decks that gives you 1920 by 1200 resolution, so it's not just a fix for a broken screen, it's also an upgrade, because the Steam Deck comes with a stock 1280 by 800 screen. The replacement screen also comes with the same anti-glare coating as the stock screen, but PC Gamer points out that to replace the screen in your Steam Deck, you need to do a full disassembly, because it's the last part you get to, and you're going to have to use a heat gun, because there's adhesive to get through. So this is not for everyone. However, if you heard full disassembly and heat gun and said, now I'm really excited, uh, you can join the wait list for the Deck HD at deckhd.com. They haven't put a price or release date on it yet, but they said it should cost somewhere around 99 bucks.
2: The security researcher known as Donay published a proof of concept tool called KeyPass Master Password Dumper that could let someone extract the master password for the password manager KeyPass from PC memory, excluding the first character. This requires physical access to the machine, but does not require elevator privileges. KeyPass told Bleeping Computer it will update the app in about two weeks to resolve the issue, and a beta with a fix is available now.
1: Yeah. So that's a researcher finding something not an in the wild. The So it, that's good news. That <laughs> that means they found it before the bad guys did. Uh, multiple stories to follow up on today. We had mentioned Apple TV. It was going to roll out Multiview for sports. They have done so for the Apple TV 4K. So you can go check out your multiple soccer and baseball games in Apple TV Plus now. Google clarified that it will not delete accounts that have YouTube videos when it clears out accounts older than 2 years that haven't been accessed. That was not originally what they said, uh, but they will not be wiping out years of YouTube history. Five TikTok creators have sued to stop Montana's TikTok ban from going into effect on January 1st. I imagine they may not be the last lawsuit to come, but that's the first one. And Telly, remember we talked about Telly earlier this week, the free TV that builds an ad into a second screen. Uh, Telly says it had more than a hundred thousand people apply to get one of its free TVs. That was not, I was not one of them. Rob, were you? I I was not. I don't think I would be, but it's kind of interesting. No, I read the terms of service and that was enough for me. Thank you. Thank you. No, Wall Street Journal reports that Apple restricted some of its employees from using generative models at work over concerns about leaks. Now, this story also says that Apple's developing its own generative model, so maybe they just want people to dog food it. But they are not allowing internal folks to use ChatGPT and GitHub Copilot Coding Assistant in most cases, some people are allowed to use them, I guess, if they have a, a justifiable need, but they don't want most people to use it because they're worried that accidentally confidential information would be entered into the interface, make its way to OpenAI, and somehow find its way into someone's hands who shouldn't have it. OpenAI lets you purge that history and everything, but Apple's just being extra careful. And they're not alone. We talked about Samsung doing this before on the show. Wall Street Journal points out Verizon, Amazon, and JP Morgan. Chase have also put in similar restrictions. And in a related story, the New York City public school system is easing its restrictions. Remember, we talked earlier this year about how they put ChatGPT on the restricted list, meaning you had to justify why you wanted to have access to it. Uh, They are now easing up on that. Chancellor for the school system, David Banks, said that while initial caution was justified, it has now evolved into an exploration and careful examination of this new technology's power and risks. The school system will also create a toolkit for educators to help integrate generative tools into the curriculum, into classroom activities, um, I feel like we're seeing two ends of a pattern here, Rob. You've got the companies at the beginning saying, we don't want to make a mistake. We don't want our confidential stuff slipping somewhere it shouldn't. So until we get that figured out, we're going to say, let's limit who can access this, which is exactly what the New York school system was saying for different reasons, not for confidentiality reasons, but saying let's limit it. And now they're like, okay, we think we've figured it out on our end. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. And one of the things that we have to remember
2: is that we really started just talking about this stuff not even six months ago. It was November 30th when
1: I think the tilt of the Earth's axis oh changed wow. when this stuff came out. so that's less if than you, six months ago. That, yeah, that's, it's, when you put that in, I think of November as like, well, it's been a long time, but you're right. That's not even a half a year. Not even six months ago.
2: Um, so the issue is that this thing came out. It's making all this news. Nobody knows how to react. Okay, we're not going to allow any of this. And I think in the case of like the New York City schools, they figured out, well, wait a minute, if our students are using this, this writes way better than they do. We'll know. Um, let's, let's figure out how to use this in conjunction with learning. I I think that that's where they're pulling back to. So it just took them a little bit of time to figure out the technology, how they want to implement it, how they want to make it safe and, and fair for students and, and, and they'll move forward. And I think you're going to see other companies kind of follow suit as well.
1: Yeah. I I actually look at what the New York city public school system says it did. Uh, you, you can decide to believe that it's lying or, or coloring the truth, but, but Looking at what it says it did, that made sense, which was we wanted to be careful. We didn't know what the harms would be, so we didn't shut it down. I think a lot of people jumped to the conclusion they shut it down. They restricted it. They said, bring us a reason why you need to access it, and if it's a good reason, we'll let you access it. That seems smart. Like, Let's go piece by piece and see how this works, see what the trouble is, and then we can plan for a way to teach kids AI ethics, teach them prompt uh, engineering, You know, show them what's going on, and now it According to the New York public school system, they've got all kinds of great programs that are helping kids understand this from the beginning. It doesn't it feel like that's what the companies should be doing too, saying like, all right, let's let's hold off, let's let's limit the damage because we don't know what the damage will be, and then we'll learn where it's okay to include it and what the best confidentiality practices are and all that.
2: That's part of it. But Companies look at this as competition. We don't, we don't want it in here because we don't want any way that our stuff is going to get into their system that we're working on. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that the fact that they're being, they're saying this is the reason it doesn't, you know, there's, I don't think there's any nefarious reasons behind why companies would have, would have done this. That kind of makes sense because all, at, the, at the end of the day, these companies are going to be competing in the AI space. So I understand why they would do that. That's, yeah, that's like an Apple particularly.
1: yeah. Verizon may not be though. So, so they, they might loosen up a little faster. Um, I I do think open AI saying, well, you can purge your chat history. You can turn it off. That's good for some companies uh, to get, a, a quasi competitor. You're never going to get Google to switch to OpenAI, right? But, <laughs> but to get uh, to get somebody who's not directly competing but has big confidentiality issues, like maybe Samsung. Samsung's like, yeah, we might partner with OpenAI at some point. Uh, we we work with Microsoft on some things. Maybe we'll partner with them. I think you're going to have to have an enterprise-level OpenAI that is more robust than what OpenAI offers now, that's on-prem and has strict confidentiality, verifiable confidentiality, that kind of stuff.
2: There's no question of Microsoft working with OpenAI as absolutely helping them get there. There's no question
1: about that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true.
2: So the financial or I should say financial strategist from Barclays warned about a new source of pressure on the Japanese yen streaming services. Japanese subscriptions to overseas streaming companies like Netflix and Disney has risen relative to trade and travel. Japanese viewers spent about four point eight trillion yen or thirty four point seven billion dollars on streaming last year, which Barclays estimates makes up 90 percent of Japan's services account deficit. Netflix and Disney have both increased the amount of Japanese and East Asian content in their libraries over the past several years. Tourism to Japan is supposed to bounce back this year and balance things out, but it's still notable that Netflix subscriptions sent enough money out of the country to affect the currency. And Tom, when I, when I read through this and looked at the article, the math is math. And if you think about what happened, we, we, you know, we went into this worldwide pandemic, Japan, they when, they when they shut down, they shut down. Tourism completely came to a halt. You combine that with now you have a whole bunch of folks who are in their homes for extended periods of time. You probably saw the actual uh, numbers in streaming services go up just because you've got captive audiences. So tourism comes to a complete halt. Streaming services go up. You pull a calculator out, you probably can, you know, you know, do some math and figure out that, wow, this is actually affecting our currency.
1: Yeah. And and the Japanese yen has some other problems, which is why you're hearing about it in Japan and and not some other countries, because not like every country has a domestic streaming service. But that was the other thing that jumped out at me is you would think Japan would have enough domestic options to balance out the outflow, right? Like Hulu, for instance, in Japan is a licensed company that's run inside of Japan. It's not the same product as the Hulu you get in the United States. Yahoo Japan is a different company than Yahoo in the US. Same kind of thing. 7-Eleven is a different company in Japan than the 7-Eleven you have in the mainland of the US. So uh, I, I was surprised that the Japanese market turned to Netflix and Disney so hard that it affected the yen. Like you say, the math works out. Tourism goes down. And if all the money people are spending is going out, that's going to put pressure on the currency. I get that. It's been slow to come back. Japan has been very cautious in reopening. I think people are still also cautious about going back out. So they're probably still streaming and paying for streaming, uh, but what this says is Netflix and Disney did a great job in creating global content. I probably shouldn't um, be surprised about that with Disney, but, but uh, we knew Netflix was doing it. This kind of underlines that they're doing it well. Well, when you look at the amount, cl-
2: clearly Disney, Disney is Disney, but yeah, Netflix yeah. also has an incredible amount of content for children mm-hmm. um, that is relatively easy to dub. So you could take those cartoons and dub it into whatever language you want and it looks natural for the yeah. most part. So I think that's a, a big part of this is that we have kids in the house all day. <laughs> we need to let them go watch something. So, um, you know, like so when I, when I really, you know, dug through this story, it, it makes sense that you would see this because of just how many people were no longer traveling to Japan and how many people are streaming on not just Netflix and, and Disney, but really all kinds of streaming services. Yeah. that are not based there.
1: And, and in addition to that, Netflix is doing local content in its markets, and that's extremely smart. So, in net, in, I, you and I can watch these too, but they are made primarily for the Japanese market, like Way of the House Husband, uh, which is about a Yakuza man who settles down and takes care of the house while his wife goes out to work. uh, Gudetama, uh a whole series about the little boiled egg uh, that, that lives its life uh, as, as a sentient boiled egg uh great shows and they are japanese first shows uh that's one of the ways netflix is going to survive the writer strike and keep its leverage is it's got these things outside of the united states like that uh but it also shows that it's incredibly successful in those local markets as well absolutely well folks uh You can find out the little-known aspects of RSS in the latest episode of Tom's Top 5. Maybe the Know A Little More episode was too long for you. A couple of minutes, and I'm going to break down the five top things you need to know about RSS so you can better understand why it exists and why you use it. You can catch it at youtube.com slash daily tech news show. Ready to pop the
0: question?
3: Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: Now, a TikTok man may have been passed in Montana, but. TikTok is still incredibly popular all through the United States, so much so that restaurants have started adapting their menus so that their dishes look good on phone screens. I think this is probably happening around the world, not just in the U.S. Grub Street's Ezra Marcus has a story called Cheesier, Saucier, and Drowning in Caviar, how TikTok took over the menu. In olden times, folks, uh, you may remember if you're old enough like Rob and I, uh, you'd look at the newspaper where the food critic would uh, drive a customer to a restaurant. That's that's like a trope of the old movies, Rob. Uh, the food critic sneaks in undercover to the restaurant and writes a review, and then uh, it it blows up the restaurant because everybody wants to eat where the food critic was, right?
2: That's back when uh, TV was in black and white and all that
1: kind of
2: stuff. I look at this story, and, and as you said, my initial thought was, oh, it's TikTok. TikTok. Um, But then I said, you know, you know, stop being 50, (laughs) you know, actually (laughs) look at the story for what it is. And it makes sense. This is where a lot of people get their news. This is how people, you know, they're going to be in restaurants and oh, this is this is this looks really good. Let me take a picture of it. Let me make a movie of it and then send it to everybody that I know. That's how this works. So it only makes sense from the restaurant's perspective that they actually get in on this. And I see it even being, um, you know, more than just your standard TikTok video taken on a phone. I think you're going to see restaurants actually doing some high quality B roll that they actually hand over to influencers. They get to come huh. in and talk about their stuff.
1: So what this article says they're doing so far is obvious. The obvious things like eye catching lobby decor, make your make an Instagram moment from the moment you walk in the door, uh, fun visuals as you walk to the table, a menu that makes good video. So classics like the tableside Caesar salad. Are good for this. Uh, There is one restaurant doing a ceremonial burger carving that shows off the knife skills of one of the waitstaff. But even when the waitstaff leaves the food, uh, entrees need to bubble, melt, drip, stretch, anything that looks good on that video. Uh, If you can ladle something over the food, that's good too. Uh, One example that they had in this article was a viral dish from a steak uh, restaurant called Bat, or it was a, a steak at a restaurant called Bad Roman. Uh, check this out. A huge raviolo, which is a single ravioli, uh, on top of the steak, stuffed to the gills, and when you cut into it, it just bursts and oozes e pepe over the steak. Is your mouth watering yet?
2: Um, so I actually want to know how it tastes, but that probably looks beautiful. <laughs> right? the, the visual is probably great, but how is it going to taste? Because I'm thinking about like when you ever see food on, uh, you know, just on television, that's not food. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's not mayonnaise. That's no, like, it's glue. Shellac um, glue, you know, it's literally that <laughs> it was painted on there. Um, uh-huh. So I wonder but that's if, why uh, you, you know,
1: d- that's why I don't think you're right about the B-roll, because every influencer is going to be like, no, no, no. I need to have that authenticity. Yeah. Oh, I need you you to show myself right. in it. So-
4: it's interesting like just coming from a restaurant background i see two parallels one traditionally in tv and and magazine photography food is one of the hardest things to kind of capture and a lot of money has been spent and i mean a lot mm-hmm. but it's so mm-hmm. much so that plastic food became a thing because it lasted longer under the hot lights the second thing is that although good reviews really do bump uh uh Bump restaurant attend or uh, uh, patronage. It's a short burst. Really, what can, what really drives the bottom line is repeat customers and repeat customers who word of mouth tell their aunts, uncles, friends, coworkers about this great place I ate lunch or this great place they ate dinner. And TikTok kind of straddles both of them.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, yeah.
4: it's, it's the word of mouth. It's like, hey, I, I don't want something super expensive, but I need like somewhere I can grab lunch in mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And, and I follow this person downtown, and they got this great place. And just looking at the stuff that they have,
1: I and you get there. you get the repeat exposure, right? Whereas yes. the food critic writes you up once, and that's it. They're not going to write you up again. Exactly. The TikToker is going to be like, "Oh, I saw this place on TikTok. I'm going to go, and then I'm going to create my own TikTok video." Right. So it, it keeps the momentum going. And it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: I was just going to say, I I see that exact scenario to where it may actually be the influencer that goes first. But in the comments is, oh, yeah, I went there, too. In fact, I go every week on Thursdays Mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see all of that additional content created that is doing the job of getting people into the restaurant.
4: It, and it's weird because, like, you can be the influencer So, "Oh yeah, I ate at blah blah again today, and I got this great sandwich." And it's just kind of a passing comment as they get into whatever they want to talk about in that video. But it's the repeat. I drink
1: well, and, from. and don't forget that some of these relationships are formal. Uh, this article yeah. goes into the fact that some restaurants are turn their nose up at an influencer asking for a free meal. Other restaurants are paying money. To get the influencers in. In fact, there's an agency called Mustard that will charge you $300 to send three influencers in a month to post promising you 40,000 views, um, which is, you know, I, I don't know what the CPM equivalent is there, but that, you know, that's that's $300 for advertising to get to reach 40,000 people. That That seems that seems about right.
4: It's not, but it's like what you were saying about the the food critic. It needs to be consistent and constant enough that people just kind of think about it. As well, a that's the beauty
1: box. of TikTok, right? It yes. keeps throwing it in front of people. But
4: if these, if they, if they only get these people, you, space, you say you spend your three hundred bucks and you get your one week of influence. After that. Like, do you have to pay an additional, like, does, do you have to keep paying money?
1: Well, yeah. Just like you have to keep paying for advertising. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it may cause spinoffs. It may cause other people who you're not paying to, to do it too. And And
2: I think you're going to have some folks because everybody wants to be an influencer these days. So first, if the, if the actual influencer, they got paid, went and got the, the burger with the, you know, the single ravioli on the top that, you know, the ooze juice out. Well, I want to go get my picture of it too. So I think that that actually is going to work for restaurants when 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 the the content quality initially I should say the first you know step the 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 professional influencer if their quality is really good it's going to bring other people in just because they want to be the me too yeah side
1: there's always going to be a restaurant that resists it and they're going to be successful anyway. That's going to be their brand. I get that. But it does seem to be the way, something that a lot of restaurants have to consider anyway. Um, they, they talked about the fact, going back to what we were saying about trying to make food look good. You can't, you can't use plastic food here, right? The TikTokers yeah. want to use the real food. So they're putting these bright LED lights on it to show what they're eating. And that's disrupting the other patrons. So again, some restaurants have banned that. Other restaurants are just, you know, try to tell the other patrons, like, hey, they're they're allowed to do this. You know, it's in our best interest. Sorry. There's, Sorry for the there's brightness. A,
4: there's a Scottish YouTube food reviewer who does all his food outside of the the, the eatery. And so... Oh, like, so he doesn't
1: he, disturb people? He
4: doesn't disturb, but he gets a huge pile of food. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, enough for four people that one guy eats. Um, and it's... It, I am constantly amazed at how quickly uh, and how embedded food has become in so many of these influencer reviews kind of lifestyle because it's a constant thread through between all three of them right
2: it's 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 very impressive i I, think about a food is something that everyone eats everyone you know everyone eats food so this is a common experience (laughs) for literally
1: everybody yeah i eat food
4: doesn't everyone need to buy a four-story house i mean that's that's a common
1: yeah um i i've had so many situations where eileen has been looking at tiktok and then she shows me one or she forwards it to my tiktok and i look at it and some of them i'm like oh yeah that looks amazing we got to go there but sometimes i look at it and i'm like they're making this seem like more than it is like there there has to be a level of literacy to looking at this because there are some tricks to make something pretty mundane look and them sound special in a tiktok video so you got to be careful Also, you got to be careful with your nostalgia or it'll empty your pocketbook. The Game Boy-inspired Analog Pocket uh, has been creating NES, SNES, and Genesis updates for years, and now the Analog Duo has recreated NEC's TurboGrafx-16. If you've been thinking Thinking that sounds familiar. They announced they were going to do this back in October 2020, but it is finally available for pre order. If you don't remember the TurboGrafx 16, it had its own proprietary format called the Who Card that resembled a credit card. It eventually accommodated games on CD ROM as well with an add on accessory, the TurboGrafx CD. Uh, but yeah, you can, uh, you can go now and uh, check out the analog duo nec turbo graphics 16 this is one of those
4: this is one of those game systems that kind of i don't say fell through the crack but it literally straddled did you uh, add you had one at one point i had one but i had one after it became an outdated piece of Mm -hmm. you know gaming gear because that's when i could buy it for like 20 bucks at the used store
1: yeah the Uh, analog duo is 250 bucks this is not cheap I mean... And
2: that's back the, in the day, 250
1: so... Yeah. Well, no, no, the one you can oh, buy now, the, the new, like, oh, recreation oh, yeah, is 250 but, but
4: Rob's correct. If you bought the, the game... The original game console was just a Hue card, and then they did the CD-ROM uh, edition later, and then they sold the unit that was both in a single unit. But it was a pretty price... Uh, pretty pricey, but very, very compelling game system, right? Because with the CD-ROM, that was a first. That was like the the first, at least in the U.S., where you could put in the CD and you could play a game, and you get stereo CD quality music out of your you know Japanese RPGs as you sit there grinding through like thirty hours of of monster battles. You would have a very you know a very compelling experience that did not exist later until you got into the Sega CD and then eventually the uh, PlayStation. So for a lot of, at least for a lot of game nerds, this is one of the, one of the um, uh, keystone systems that bridge the 8 and 16-bit uh, eras.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and Analog does really good, good machines, too. They, they have proven to do so. So I imagine this is going to be worth the pennies if you are so inclined. All right. Let's check out the mailbag. Roger a different Roger than the one we just heard from. This is uh, Roger in the audience uh, says, I enjoyed your recall of smell-o-vision on Thursday show and uh want to introduce you to a new fragrance technology. We're signed up for a princess cruise this summer, and they are introducing a 360 degree dining experience. Diners are surrounded by a computer screen that goes all the way around the room. This looks like what they use to shoot The Mandalorian, but in a dining setting. Uh, in addition to having great food and animations on your plate, they also claim to offer something similar to smell vision with their videos. I don't know anyone who has tried it yet, but if I get a chance this summer, I will try it and let you know about my experience. Thank you, uh, listener Roger, and please do, <laughs> please do report back if you take one of these cruises. Definitely report
2: back in yeah. on that.
1: Yeah, because God knows Rob and I aren't going to be on a cruise. Um, (laughs) No time soon. No, no, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Roger, do you cruise?
4: I I don't plan on it because I see them as a very unique vector for a variety. Yeah,
1: okay. So you're right in the camp with, right. But other Rod, listener Roger, uh, if you you brave this, uh, let us know. Because I want to know where the smell of vision here sits in. Because your food already is going to smell because you're eating. So what? Smells? Would they want to pump in oh,
4: to compete? If you eat with that. out? They could virtualize an alfresco experience in like the Muir Woods or something. They give you like some pine scent as you eat.
1: Mm, okay, a little complimentary, but you don't I mean, want it to compete like, with the with the taste of the food.
4: You don't want to compete, but it's kind of like ambient music or lighting. Yeah, it's yeah, just there to kind of it has to be done right.
1: In. Yeah. yeah. All right. uh, Well, big thanks to Len Peralta for creating the ninth anniversary logo that is on our patron merch. If you're a patron, you may have got some of this already. Uh, Check that out at patreon.com slash DTNS. And
3: Len has also been illustrating today's show. What have you drawn for us, Len? You know, I love today that today's show is food focused we just had that princess cruise smell thing and then of course the uh, tiktok influencers who are choosing you know helping with the menu but you know you forget that the really uh, the first influencers came back maybe in the 70s we call them McInfluencers influencers here you know you got your mayor mccheese you got grimace right. and right. hamburglar that's those are the real influencers. Those are the OG influencers. So uh you know I I got to give a, a a big shout out to my um to them uh, cuz they made my yeah. my uh, uh, uh childhood very I would uh, never have tried a purple uh drink if
1: it hadn't been for Grimace.
3: Or or a green or a shamrock shake, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the original Mcinfluencers. So this image uh you know an homage to The Mick Influencers, uh, is available at my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len. If you're a DTNS lover level, you get it for free. Um, Also, you can just get it at my online store. Go check it out, LenPeraltaStore.com, where I'm also open for commissions. You can go over there and uh, and get something for your grads, your dads, everybody else this summer. So think about me while you're doing that.
1: Please do. Uh, Thank you, Len. And thank you, Rob Dunwood. Uh, You always have some interesting stuff in the works. What's going on with you this week? Well, I am uh,
2: Rob Dunwood, and you can find me talking about tech over on SMR Podcast. You can find me talking about tech and culture over on the Tech John. And I am pretty much everywhere on the web at Rob Dunwood. I'm looking here. I'm on. I'm on
1: Twitter. I'm on. You're Astridon. a good follow on, I'm on Twitter guy. Yeah. If people I'm, don't know, you're everywhere. Been, you're having some good conversations about podcasting and entrepreneurship and stuff on there. I've been enjoying watching those. Oh wow. Appreciate you, appreciate you, appreciating what I put out. Yeah, yeah. Go follow Rob. That's two Bs. Rob D-U-N-E at W-O-D. have well, the link in the show notes as well. Thanks to our brand new boss, Sen from This Week in MCU, just started backing us on Patreon. Thank you, Sen. Always good to have a new patron in the works. That's what keeps the show powering on. Uh, We understand if money's a little tight right now, uh, uh, Patreon just introduced a free tier as well. Uh, So while you wait for the money to come back, you can still sample a little of our Patreon goodness. Uh, You'll get Roger's column, monthly updates, and today's Good Day Internet, the Friday Good Day Internet. Go sign up right now, patreon.com slash DTN. S. Patrons, uh, like Sen, should stick around, uh, and the free patrons, too, for Good Day Internet. It's Friday quiz time. When did it come out? Test your knowledge of product releases with us. Stick around. You can also catch the show live Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 200 UTC. Find out more about that at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live. Back Monday with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host, producer, and writer, Tom Merritt. Host, producer, and writer, Sarah Lane. Executive, producer, and booker, Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host, Rich Stroffolino. Video producer and Twitch producer, Joe Kuntz. Technical producer, Anthony Lemos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer, Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer, Jen Cutter. Science correspondent, Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator, Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster, WSGOTUS1, BioCal, Captain Kip, Steve Godarama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevens (aka Gadget Virtuoso) and J.D. Galloway. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luders, Mustafa A. Acast, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast ad support from Tatiana Matias. Contributors for this week's shows include Justin Robert Young, Iaz Akhtar, Molly Wood, Allison Sheridan, and Rob Dunwood. And thanks to all our patrons who make the show possible.
2: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com.
3: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.